Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello listeners, and there is loads to discuss this week. Foot Future Stars is on the horizon. We discuss who we'd like to see. Plus, we wrap up headliners and review some of those season reward cards that you might be choosing between. We've also got discussion around the new patch, whether overload ball side is OP, and a new technique which looks particularly good as a result of this patch. I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast, brought to you by Foothead and our patrons. Hello, and welcome to week 19 of the Foot Weekly podcast. With me this week, we have two debutants, but I'll introduce a relative regular, actually. I guess still licking his wounds from that heavy defeat to Japes in the Christmas quiz. It's Scully. How are we doing? I'm um, all good. And as I said, it's still, it still hurts after <laughs> Japes crushed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Scully, you are, of course, a, uh, a pro FIFA coach. And our next guest is also a FIFA coach. Uh, Mr. Dory, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. And you've coached likes of Gorilla, a number of UK-based football players, and a UK DJ as well, right? But you're from Belgium? Yeah, I'm from Belgium. Moroccan descent, is that right? Barons are Moroccan, exactly. Done the research on your flags in the Twitter bio. <laughs> Do you have like a, an all-time favourite Moroccan player? Not necessarily, but if I had to choose now from the players that are playing right now, Hakim Ziyech, or Ziyech, however you want to pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? I mean, you can tell us, right? <laughs> uh, now, nah, but there's different regions in Morocco, so in the end, everybody uh, speaks it. Uh, but I would say Ziyech. Ziyech. Okay, I'm going to go with that. And if anyone complains, I can refer them to you. <laughs> right, the next guest we have on this week's pod is Chufsters, Twitch streamer. Not from Morocco or Belgium or Sweden, as Goldie is, but the West Country. Yep. Hello, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, from the West Country. It's funny, you've got two coaches on, and I am a streamer that definitely needs a lot of coaching at FIFA. Yeah. Uh, this will be helpful for you then as well. I mean, <laughs> Definitely. Although you have hit Elite 3 this year, right? I have, yeah. Yeah. And That's... I don't shut up about it either. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't use Twitch that often, but loads of listeners uh, suggested that you'd be a great guest to have on. So I went to check out your channel and saw the massive sign behind you pointing out that you're an elite player. <laughs> I mean, I, to be honest, if, if this was video format, I'd also do the same. So uh, I don't blame you at all. And uh, we'll start off then by talking about content, as we often do, and we'll move on to gameplay um, with our coaches uh, giving us plenty of insight in that section. But I wanted to talk a bit about headliners. I mean, we're recording this at the tail end of the promo. And I mean, just like so many promos this year, it's really ended on a sour note because there's not been much at the end of it. So why extend it sort of thing? But Chuff, how, how have you found it so far? And are there any players that you've kind of enjoyed using or, or like the look of? Headliners for me has been, I enjoy it. And I like the the new dynamic this year with how they can get a permanent upgrade for if they if their team wins four league games in a row. I love that because it's something a bit fresh. It's, it's more than just a, a plus one upgrade. So I really enjoyed that. When it comes to SBCs though, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit underwhelmed by it. Mm. I think Adama Traore, I was slating him a little bit, saying finishing's not very good, all these things. He tore me a new one so many times this weekend <laughs> that I kind of had to take all that back. So I think that is, I think that's a great SPC in terms of the pace, that natural pace as a super sub. And I kind of regret not doing it a little bit. But mm. the other ones for me have been a bit, a bit lackluster, you know, Tammy Abraham and, and, and Deli Ali, just kind of, we've got Small Dini as well, didn't we? But I, I understand EA can't release the best card for everything because it just doesn't work like that and otherwise we'd be all bored within two weeks having everything so you know i think the value of them and things like that have been have been pretty decent mm. they've not been really expensive you know they're they're cards that you know i think abraham was about 35k deli ali like 100k and things like that so i don't think they've been too bad value but uh overall for me yeah not been too bad there's some cards were unexpected like abamyang from this mm. recent one yeah. which is a, a huge surprise because he's not gotten in form i was yeah. really shocked at that and I think what we found with the RTTF promo is the first set were really good. 
And the second set were a little bit, eh, there weren't as many players in that one. And, and that's kind of what we were expecting. So expectations were kind of managed a little bit. And the fact they're only in packs until Tuesday, which means you don't get to use rewards for them. Yeah, it's interesting with this second match, it just, there are still a couple of pretty good cards in there. I, I think one of the things about the end of this promo or things that's been a bit disappointing is actually, as you say, that like SBC content has not been so great. We had Valbuena. Scaldi, I don't know whether you've looked at Valbuena's card, but actually the stats are like quite decent. He looks quite good, but then you just have to look at his skill moves and weak foot. No, I actually took a look at him because I was out with the, with my Greek friend, uh, another streamer as well here in the weekend, Javu. Uh, right. uh, so eventually when we were looking at the card, he just got really, because he's uh, he's a Greek guy and he supports Olympiakos. So he was like really happy. Yeah, yeah. But the card looks itself, if he would just had like four star skills, yeah, uh, the card would have been a really really good card now when he only has three star skills you know it, it takes a little bit off you know the way mm. the player is like the stats is really good but but you know he's a small guy you mm. only have three star skills no not even five star weak foot there is better choices in the position so yeah that's the thing i was like looking at this card actually could be quite good i mean really decent shooting composure is the only thing really lacking in dribbling and his short passing and stamina and pace are really good but then you're just so limited by that three-star skills three-star weak foot i think even though i was thinking i'd just do him because it'd be a french first owner player of someone not that actually seems that relevant this year because they haven't been doing nation first owners but they could do maybe even submit him for an spc further down the line but like i'm not really that interested if he's three-star three-star i think four-star three-star maybe either way around but i think this card just really kind of lacks that that bit of quality for me but yeah Dory, have you used any headliners players or players from the current promotion that people might want to know about? As I'm from Belgium, it's very hard to get a, a good amount of uh, coins together for them headliners. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I didn't think about that. So, so you're not allowed to use FIFA points. You can't buy no, it. Buy them I, in the store. Normally, I don't use FIFA points either way, but this year I can't. So <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> the headliners I used was uh, Adama Adama Traore because I did TSBC because mm. that I can do. With the intradables from rivals, then I used to uh, recycle into them SBCs. And I got to say, I agree on what what Shuff said. Like, you might think it's not the best to pick up because of the, the lack of shooting, the two-star weak foot. There are a lot of downsides to it. On the other hand, he has the, the bare pace. Like, his normal card has so much space that the boost is just like a, a little boost in, in, in speed. Whereas... If we would take another player who has 60 pace and gets boosted to 80, that play still feels slow. That's an interesting point. I think one of the things that I would mention with that Adama is, yeah, he's not available at the moment. But actually, if he gets another upgrade or two, uh, as in a special item, obviously, you know, if he gets an 85 rated inform or something like that, then that is going to play exactly as that headliners you're using would play, right? It would be the same card. And that headliners would obviously go higher, but it still shows actually what you're saying when you get an 85 rated Adama special item which is actually kind of likely I think then it's going to be a pretty pretty good card you're saying yeah he already has one as he has the scream yeah uh, the scream is 80, is 85 so the headliners has slightly better um, pace and dribbling better passing better physical but obviously you know yeah an 86 rated Adama would would actually probably be better or similar to that headliners so yeah, exactly. And, and the fact he upgrades, that was a good part for me to, to do it too. But like you said, there's still a possibility to get a card, like right now with a screen card, which is a good mm. shout. A lot of pros were using that in qualifiers too, to have as a super sub. But I think in general, that's just a very good card. It's one of the only headliners that I really used. So I can't mm. really comment on others. And I guess to finish off our chat about headliners, the squad itself... We went through it a bit on the Flash podcast on Friday, available on Gfinity and on the Patreon podcast feed. I do want to ask, actually, if anyone's going to complete Orsic. I've decided I'm probably not going to do him just because I'm completing the foot swap tokens. I don't think I have enough time to commit to both. And I'm probably avoiding him mainly, to be honest, because he doesn't have four-star skills. Um, but Chuff, are you interested in completing him? Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I think... After the Adama thing of not doing him, the natural mm. pace, I know Orsic uh, is not as quick. I think his kind of pace is 96. But that natural pace, you don't get the same when you add a chemistry style to somebody. 
it just you just don't get that same I don't know it doesn't feel as quick so it's a definite for me I think it's actually a really good move from EA putting this one as a as an objective because even if, I think he's 82 in form it's still 60,000 coins for for an 82 in form that doesn't play you know it's not the best for linking in terms of league or country you know it's wholeness value because people are liking it and it looks it's a crazy good card it's you know great agility and balance and pace long shots and shot power so he's going to be what Adama Traore should have been if I'd uh, done the SBC he's going to be my pacey super sub on the wing and I guess if you want to make yourself feel better he'll be uh, potentially better at shooting and also four-star weak foot which is pretty helpful I think it's interesting what you're saying about the whole natural pace versus like a chemistry style pace. I'm not sure whether I'd necessarily agree with that. And I'm quite a firm believer in chem styles. There's actually a bit of, yeah, I think it's on Reddit or something. Someone did confirm, I guess, that chem styles have an impact and that they do boost to the extent they say they do. But one thing I would say is bring a player off the bench. Some people uh, won't know this actually. You only get five chem on your player coming off the bench. So that means that, you know, if you're boosting a chemistry style quite significantly, let's say Hunter, let's say you use Hunter, you're going to get a significant reduction on that pace. Um, you know, I think it's about half five chem. So obviously that is something to bear in mind when you're using a sub. Someone like Orsic is going to still feel ridiculously quick. Whereas, you know, if you're using a chemistry, chemistry style to boost pace, you're not going to get that same level of speed off the bench, which I think is, is definitely worth bearing in mind when you're picking players to sub on. I tend to almost always pick players in the 90s pace because... Actually, when you look at the chem styles I'm applying on players in my main team, all of them have over 90 pace, to be honest. It is actually incredible how you know significant pace is, and sometimes you don't even realise, but you, you know, look at the chem styles you're putting on players and you tend to be boosting uh, pace quite significantly. Let's talk a little bit about promos coming up because we've actually got um, foot future stars, we think, on Friday. Obviously, everyone expected that to be the promo over the last few weeks, but I think partly because you know they wanted to give more time for headliners to get upgrades, they decided to do that first. So I'm assuming we're still going to see Foot Future Stars on Friday. Probably by the time you're listening to this, you'll be seeing uh, maybe some of those splash screens. It'll be interesting to see whether they do the same kind of teasers. Um, and before we move on to Foot Future Stars, how how did you like that, Chuff? The little uh, the teasers that they did for, I guess it was at 6pm each day, kind of revealing different players and things? I love it. I absolutely mm. love it. I think it's genius. I think it, it builds the hype. Uh, we've mm. been talking about it on Twitter. Everyone's kind of like, what does it mean? Um, and I love it. I think it's great because they know that things get leaked. So I think if they kind of release a little bit of information and kind of leak it themselves, because you can piece it together for a few of the players, I think it kind of takes a focus away from the leaks and and just builds a bit of hype. I think it's great. I really like it. And I, I yeah, as you said, I expect that we're going to get the same this week uh, going, mm. into, going into Friday. I hope so anyway. Yeah, fingers crossed. And, uh, you know, obviously our predictions or ideas aren't going to be as accurate as those uh, splash screens but we thought we'd have a bit of fun and uh, give our thoughts on who we would like to see in the Foot Future Stars promo so let's start off first with Scoldy yeah uh, I can start off I would say for me looking at like a fun player choose I would probably go with Jao Felix mm. he's probably most likely also to get, get one and if they boost his stance I think he's going to be an unreal player in game He's got that five-star skills, doesn't he? Four-star weak foot. Exactly. Uh, otherwise, for a personal favorite, that would be fun to use is, is Greenwood, of course. Uh, just mm. because I, I like United and, and Greenwood, he's like a, he reminds me a little bit about Robin Van Persie. So, you know, yeah. he gives that kind of like the fun player. Uh, and then, of course, as well, Holland. But uh, <laughs> I would most likely go with the Joe Felix if I have to just pick one. <laughs> I thought Norway were your big rivals, no? Yeah, but it, it's a fun, you know, it's a fun thing, you know, to use because there is like the three Swedish, there is <laughs> the two Norwegian players uh, in Holland and Odegaard. And then uh-huh. as well, there is uh, the Swedish uh, guy Alexander Isak as well. Okay. Which is also a huge talent in in terms of like the so, the, so if you know it's it's just a fun combining this with like the Scandinavian kind of team. Uh, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd be an interesting one with Haaland actually because obviously got a special card at Dortmund and you know he's obviously started playing really well. So it's like whether they think well actually maybe we don't give him a foot future stars card because he's going to get loads of special cards anyway and we don't want to reduce the hype around that. It's a dilemma, isn't it, for them whether they go for that and also you know i imagine they plan this promo not in the last week or so so they may end up giving him one anyway because they wouldn't have expected this to to happen but uh yeah it's, it's an interesting one let's go to uh, dory actually who, who would you like to see for me and it's one that i haven't seen being featured on any uh predictions or like ids 
Mm. Uh, but Todibo, that's a French centre-back for Barcelona. He's 19 years old. Has To, to be fair, his, his stats at this point aren't the best. A little mm. bit aggressive, like more an aggressive defensive player. Not the, the fastest or the or the strongest, but more like the the intelligence of a defender. And that's mm. something I definitely need in this game because we have fast uh, centre-backs, we have uh, strong centre-backs, but I think we miss the smart centre-backs a little bit. And he would definitely be somebody that I would love to see um, in there. So as my first player and as the second for a more attacking player, I would take Zaniolo. The AS Roma center attacking mid. Yeah, I just love to, to, to watch him play, even in real life. The way he moves, the way he... He just is a versatile player. He can do a little bit of everything. And that's what I can really appreciate in a, in a player. Uh, yeah, I think Zaniolo did actually get an objective card last year. So, uh, yeah, I could see him getting a, a better version this year, I guess. And maybe a central card as well, rather than a wide player. Chuff, who, who are you going to go for here? So I wouldn't mind seeing maybe Tamori the centre-back from Chelsea. Mm. Because I, when team building, I always struggle. Obviously, Van Dijk is an obvious choice in, in the Prem as a the centre-back. And I always struggle with a partner for him in the Prem mm. that's kind of pacey. And Tomori would be a would be a very pacey centre-back. Even on his base card right now, is obviously his pace is, I think his, his standard pace is, is not too bad. I think it's 80 overall. And his agility is not too bad at 76. So I think if he got a big boost, I think that'd be a really nice card to use. Uh, mm. And give some good options, you know, for other centre backs in the Prem, and then uh, on the same thing, given a kind of more attacking player. And I'm going to stick with the Prem here. I wouldn't mind seeing one for Martinelli. I know he's got, mm. he's got two star weak foot, two star skill moves. So I don't think they boosted any skill skill moves or weak foot last year. Well, it's an they? interesting thing which we've chatted about on the podcast before. They actually have never been able to do this for individual player items, but this year they did it for. Diego Costa, his SBC has uh, three-star skills rather than two-star skills. Yeah. And then Santi Cazorla got five-star skills rather than four-star skills on his footmas card. So fingers crossed, this could be the perfect promo to, to make those changes, right? Um, although I wonder whether they might somehow combine it with winter upgrades instead, or I don't know whether they'd waste that novelty on f- future stars, if that makes sense. But someone like Martinelli, yeah, really needs that skill move weak foot boost, right? That's why Greenwood, to me, is quite interesting. And actually... Scoldy, you you took both of mics. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Jao Felix, and then say uh, Greenwood as a United fan. So uh, Greenwood has five star weak foot, so he could be pretty interesting. Only three star skills though. But there's a couple of pretty interesting players that I've seen. You know, suggested Tierney is another one for Arsenal. A pretty good card as a seventy. What is he six rated? He actually has some quite nice stats, so he could be a good one. I, I like the idea of potentially seeing Van... Is it Van der Beek? Donny Van der Beek. Donny Van der Beek. There we go. Uh, it was almost right. <laughs> I used to rare gold at the start of the year and he was amazing for me at that point. And, you know, when a player's that good early on in the game, when, when the power creep starts to kind of go beyond them, if you like, you, you feel like if they get a card which brings them back up to the level, you could really see a very, very competitive card. And I think Van der Beek's combination of actually having a good physicality, uh, he's not an agile. He's he's just a really solid all-round player and can you know take a long shot as well. So quite like him. Would like to see him. And there's a couple of other ones. I, th- there's a few predictions out there. You know, if people uh, do a Google or look on Twitter, then you know you want to sort of think about who might get them. Rodrigo is a very popular one. Real Madrid. He will kind of be this year's. Uh, who was the, we got last year? Uh, Vinicius Junior. Interesting to see whether he comes back and whether they do repeat any. So obviously plenty of players who are still prospects uh, having not quite burst onto the scene since last year, but it'll be interesting how they do that. But on that, we're, we might be ready to uh, take a break and move on to the second half. I, I was actually interested to, before we wrap up this section on content, has anyone got any players that they would like to review or that they've used recently that, that they've enjoyed? Chuff, have you got anyone? Randomly, I've been saving up for player and selling stuff and I ended up signing Neymar, uh, headliner Neymar. And mm. I didn't know how to fit him in and I didn't have any coins I had to sell Van Dyke and 94 informed De Bruyne to fund it. And so I was kind of left with some gaps and ended up trying uh, Shoji, the milestone uh, French league player. I, I partnered him alongside for a little bit and I, I switched it up as well because I had uh, Timothy Adilic next to them is Tomiyasu. Both players, mm. Tommy Asu, I was I was very pleasantly surprised. By. And Shoji as well. They, they got me to another elite choke in the last game on penalties. But wow. they were... They were really good players. Like, I was really happy with them. Um, I, they felt positioning was a little bit wild on Shoji at times. 
kind of mm. a bit of a position. But apart from that, I didn't notice any difference. And people may be like, what? But I, I didn't notice Van Dyke was missing. Well, I mean, you know, there's a, both of them are more agile. Or well, actually, maybe, I don't know whether Shoji is, but definitely uh, Tommy Asu is really with, agile. With really agile five-star weak foot as well. Both of them have decent weak foot. I think I could understand them being as good, maybe not better. Well, actually, I don't know. I'm actually not I'm controversial, right? But I'm actually not a huge fan of Van Dyke. I think he's, well, people know he's sluggish, but I don't think people realise how much it affects him. You know, I, I personally, although I don't like coming up against him directly in a one-on-one, like trying to dribble a play, uh, Van Dyke, if I can get a bit of space around the outside of him, I can get past him, unlike a lot of other centre-backs, especially if you're not putting a shadow on him to boost that pace. Yeah, he definitely needs a shadow. Yeah, did you put shadow on... I know those two players are pretty quick anyway. What chem style did you use on them? I actually had a shadow on Tomiyasu. He, he's got mm. base 82 pace anyway, but on Shoji, for the pure fact I didn't have a shadow in the club, and mm. at that stage, I think because all my coins had gone to Neymar, I didn't have any... Did I? I don't think I had enough coins for a shadow, so I just mm. had to put uh, put an anchor on him. And I only had eight chemistry on uh, Shoji as well because I partnered him with Delict. And even the same with Tomiyasu. And honestly, I didn't. Normally, I am a stickler for one hundred percent chemistry. They've all got to mm. be, you know. This week, I really didn't do it, and because I was more relaxed and just, you know, what I, I was struggling to fit all my games in, and uh, and they were they were fine for me. Nice. And Dory, you're a fan too, I believe. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Um, I've been doing the the uh, objective. It's the milestone mm. object- objective for Sochi now, just to get that card so I can link it up with Atal and Awar, the mm. player you can get for the New Year season. Just the way Awar feels is just so different than any regular card. Like I've been using Alan, Ndombele and Sissoko in my midfield because I'm running with three midfielders so I need like somebody that can go forward but also can do the work in defense and Awar has been doing mm. that like fantastically I just feel like you, you can feel the all-round stats on the card and that's what I like about a player the, the boost was amazing I, I really like the card yeah and, and so that's the level 20 card isn't it and and actually it's interesting because I've been thinking about whether to choose Felipe Anderson or him I also have a towel. The thing is, I have uh, Renato Sanchez footmus as well, and I have uh, the other footmus midfield, uh, Thiago Mendes. Trying to work out whether it's worth me adding another midfielder when I don't normally play with sort of three midfielders. But I've been playing uh, three at the back at the moment, so he'd probably be quite good. Do you think he'd be good as a sort of wide midfielder? Because he's quite quick, actually, isn't he? Well, do you think he could play like a, a sort of defensive right mid? Yeah, as I was playing him, I was playing him in a three defensive mid role, and he was playing on the far right. So there, he was mm. just doing all the work, and I think he can he can definitely do the job in uh, in C, even in a CDM position or in a DM position, whatever you want to call it. He just gets the done the job done. It's nothing special. It's nothing amazing, but he is where he needs to be. He intercepts the ball when he needs to intercept it, and he passes it wherever he needs to pass, and that's it. Like no nonsense cent- center mid. Mm. I'm always on the lookout for players who can play right back if I want to switch things up in game. So, you know, you can move like someone like Atal is actually an amazing midfielder, for example, the footmas one. So I'm yeah. always looking for players I can switch into right back. And I actually think he'd kind of be okay. Like he's, you know, he's very quick. He's defending de- decent and uh, he's got good stamina. So uh, he's not too weak either. So yeah, he's, he's an interesting one. I probably will go for him over Felipe Anderson, but just because I think he's more a more unique card. Like, you know, you don't see that type of card very often. Whereas Felipe Anderson, you know, there's a, quite a few good left mids in the Premier League. So I think depending on your first owner team, I guess it's probably going to make the difference who you're, who you're going to choose. But hey, uh, Dory, just before we move on, could you uh, say the name of that French midfielder we were just talking about again? So it's Hossem Awar. Awar. Whenever I have to say his name, I'm just going to clip that and put it in the pocket. <laughs> uh, so, so I don't have to. <laughs> Sounds so good. Okay, let's move on to Scoldy. Is anyone recently that you've been using? And... Uh, don't say flashback Balotelli again. Oh, I was about to say flashback <laughs> Balotelli. He's, the, he's my man. No, I actually did the Alexis Sanchez SPC, the flashback one. Another card that people can't get hold of. Nice. Exactly. No, but uh, as I said, but as uh, Shuff was talking about, I've used the headliner Adama and as well as the uh, the flashback uh, Sanchez. So these are mm. two more like recent cards I've used. But the guy who actually pleasantly surprised me, if we're going to go talk that, is uh, Doherty, the, the right back for, uh, for right, Wolves. Yeah, yeah. He was actually quite solid all around 84, cost like 15k on PlayStation. And he's not been stepping one foot wrong for me in, in the weekend league, actually. Really? That's really interesting. Because he's so, quite he's, he's quite strong, isn't he? He's not so good maybe on the ball, but in terms of his like actual defensive ability, 
Yeah, he has kind of 81, 81 pace, 81 defending, and 84 physical. So, you know, he has these kind of... He's like a Florenzi type of player all around. And, you know, if you just give him the ball and, you know, just play it simple down the wing, he's he's going to do perfectly fine with the passing. Uh, and defensively, he's he's not stepping wrong. You know, he might get a little bit outpaced at times, but that's why you have these centre-backs that is quicker mm. as well to, to help him out. Nice. Yeah, that's a good... Uh, what we call... a informed impression on the podcast we haven't had one of those for a long time so uh, just because there are hardly any good informs anymore yeah, we had um, to spice yeah. it up for for because i cannot always talk about balotelli even though he's he's the best yeah yeah game. yeah uh, thanks for sharing someone other than balotelli really appreciate <laughs> it. and on that uh, we can celebrate with a break and we'll be back uh, very soon to talk gameplay uh, the new patch and much more Hello, and as always, a quick plug for those who have not yet become supporters of the podcast. There is currently a 12,000 FIFA point giveaway. If you haven't heard me banging on about it all month, you have now. And it closes at the end of this month, so you've only got a few days to enter. Get in there, just $3, double the amount of podcast content, loads of extra perks, and even more at the higher tiers, and also enter that 12,000 FIFA point giveaway. Although I'm incredibly proud of having 450 patrons, it does give you quite a good chance of winning, so it's well worth it. You can go enter at bit.ly slash podpoints20. So that's bit.ly slash podpoints20. Duncan is here to keep you running with a much-needed taste of normal. To work, home, or work from home. With the coffee you like, just the way you like it. Whether that's a small, hot black coffee, your daily 2pm latte, or a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant and a medium iced coffee with oat milk, one sugar, two pumps of caramel, one pump hazelnut, a swirl of French vanilla, and a shot of espresso. I call it my PM pep rally. You should really try it. Whatever it is that gets you running, Dunkin's got you and always will. America runs on Dunkin. Hello and welcome back after the break. I've still got with me Scoldy, Dory and, uh, well actually Dory also debutant on today's pod, but uh, Chuff, how was your first uh, foot weekly break? Honestly, it was one of the most enlightening experiences I've ever had in my life. Oh yeah, we don't want to get into it too much, but uh, many people have said this. Chuff, uh, talking of enlightening experiences, Tell me about playing 90 games of Weekend League next weekend. <laughs> oh, <but myself. laughs> So I've decided it'd be a good idea to play 90 games of Weekend League in one stream. <laughs> so uh, so next Saturday, I will be embarking on that challenge. I, I don't know anyone's done, yeah, 90 games I've in one stream that, yeah. without sleep or break. And yeah, so that's going to be it next Saturday. Next Saturday morning, 8 a.m. UK time. Raising money for Mind Mental Health charity because it's an important thing to me and um i'm looking i'm looking forward to it but i'm also dreading it because i know i'm one of the most inconsistent fifa players that there is some days i can play fantastic and it's all great and then i go through a rut where i I just struggle to win a game or do anything and when i'm in that rut we all know how fifa gets Mm. um so no it's gonna be good though it's gonna be really good fun yeah i mean that is an incredible commitment i was gonna invite you back to a future podcast but i'm not sure i can uh be sure that you'll be around to be invited back um, but chuff where can people uh, where can people follow you uh, twitch i guess of course yeah twitch twitter as well you can find me chuffsters mm-hmm. so if you find me there you can drop a follow and you get a notification when we go live at 8 a.m uk time uh saturday the 1st of february this saturday wow nice really good cause as well let's uh, get into the second half talk about gameplay and uh, I, sp- I suppose the biggest thing and the reason why we want to spend plenty of time talking about it is the uh, recent update. Uh, there's a couple of key things which we've been discussing or kind of mentioned over the last few weeks in terms of the things to look out for when you've been playing over this past week and the patch has actually been in the game. The main things, I guess, dribbling, changes to that, make it more effective. Yeah, shooting, time finishing is more effective, but also it's meant to be more consistent in terms of finishing from, I guess, more likely to go in kind of positions. And then you've got the fact that the sprinting out of dribbling is now meant to be more effective if you're using the strafe dribble. But yeah, I was just kind of interested, especially, you know, Scoldy and Dory as people who've been, I know, watching uh, plenty of gameplay and uh, looking at it from a coaching perspective. Dory, first of all, how have you found things have changed with this patch? Uh, Is it as big? I feel like a lot of people have been suggesting that there's big changes here, but uh, myself, I haven't felt like I've seen much of, I don't know, anything that significant here. Today I was ha- I was doing a live stream and I was talking to somebody who said uh, that the patch changed their life and their gaming experience because he fo- he finally got a 30 and 0, which he never done before I think it was. Uh, but for me personally, on a personal level, I don't think it changed much. 
I feel like there's a few things in game when um, when you shoot, like the the shooting inside the box was uh, improved or a little bit buffed up uh, at least, if if I underst- understood that correctly. Mm. Yet I see enough shots that should go in during the qualifiers, for example, where you're really playing to get to the highest level and try to get to an event, which is hard enough already. And I think Scaldi can back me up on that one. Then a player would miss a clear one-on-one, even without a goalkeeper. He would sh- still shoot it uh, against the posts, and those kind of things make you think about: Are the actual patch notes that big, or is it more a placebo that you create for your audience? I'm not saying that they're lying, but maybe it isn't as big as people wanted because people were hyping it up. Wow, this might be the patch that finally fixes FIFA, but. Are the people that are thinking that relying on the fact that FIFA is broken and we need to fix it? Or is it more like, let's hope it gets even better, like get to a higher level? I think people put a little bit too much um, emphasis on one patch note or what's common. Because I Mm. don't think that in two games that you will see a difference in gameplay. I think over the long end, maybe there will be a few chances that are different because of the patches. But I don't think that that many people already experienced the change in the patches that's according to me of course and who am i to judge somebody that says like no the patch was the best thing to happen or it was the worst thing to happen everybody has his free opinion of course but for me personally i don't see that many changes mm. scaldi what about you what are your thoughts no i i completely agree with with dory here and and as we spoke about before i think it's just that people for example if people are uh, complaining about the overload ball side meta right now which is which is very common uh, currently but i think that just more of a, a meta that people have started to adapt to mm. uh, and as dory told me earlier for example lyrics the pro player he's been using this from from the start and you know he's already told people that he was really overpowered but now eventually about four months into the game people are starting to realize how how good it is in a way and and i would say that's probably what's actually changed the game more than, than any of these patches have done previously mm. because as dory said as well the shots still hitting the posts you're still missing these great chances which which are supposed to go in and what happens here is if you miss one of those chances basically it can be that you're it can be the difference between qualifying for an event or going out on penalties for example mm. i have to agree that i don't i've not noticed that much difference in the gameplay i really haven't mm. um i think i agree with what doris was saying about it often gets hyped up so much that these are game changing. I see it where, you know, somebody will read the pitch notes in depth, like, you know, myself and everyone on the podcast, it would read them and you understand the in depth. Then somebody will ask you, oh, what, you know, and it just, it changes from what it, the, the first person read to how one person, you know, that person might explain it to the next one in detail. Then the next one might explain it to their friend, just high level, oh, shooting's much better, dribbling's much better. And then you get a lot of people just like, oh, apparently shooting is fixed. <laughs> you know, without any specific. So we get a lot of people, you know, people talking to people we see it on Twitter, they're like, still long range shots are terrible. So, okay, but that wasn't going to be fixed. Like, okay, I may, may agree or disagree that that is a bad thing, but, you know, that wasn't meant to be fixed. So I think a lot of people, if they don't read the pitch notes, they think that things are meant to be getting fixed that are not meant to be getting fixed or not in that patch anyway. So the expectation could be a lot high. But yeah, I didn't, honestly, I didn't notice too much. Mm. I think it's a really good point, actually, you've made there about kind of how patches become more about the hearsay of what is being fixed than actually is fixed. If you look at the uh, forum post about the patch itself, as in the only place you can actually see the proper notes of of what's in that patch, uh, it only has, I think, 72,000 views, 78,000 views. And you think about how many people play FIFA, uh, you know, even the numbers of people who say watch Nepenthes videos, for example, you know, you've got a big disconnect there between the amount of people who are actually going to the kind of horse's mouth and looking at the pitch notes, the patch notes even, uh, and actually are getting it secondhand through people like who might be inclined to slightly spin what they're reading in a way to make it more interesting or, or to have more of an impact. And the truth is, as you've kind of all pointed out, that these changes, we don't know how big they are. It doesn't even say significantly increase the effectiveness of easy shots. It just says increase the effectiveness of easy shots. So we don't know how big those changes are. And actually, I should just say at this point, EA don't stealth patch. This is one of those things that's been like a popular misconception that EA in some way put out additional things into their patches, which actually they don't do because, first of all, actually patching a game as big as FIFA and through the console sites, it takes ages for patches to be approved for console. And there's a reason for that is because you can't change your game too much because otherwise you've sold someone a game 
and they can complain because you've changed the game, right? So all these things have to be vetted and they have to be clear about what they're actually implementing. And we get the pop-up in-game um, to tell us what's going on. So, you know, for the sake of argument, they haven't added anything beyond what they've put here. Yes, stuff here can have an Im a knock-on impact, right? So something might be impacted because of dribbling being impacted. So, for example, tackling is going to be theoretically less effective because dribbling is better. But it doesn't mean they did anything to defending itself. So when we look at this patch, there are certain things which we're going to be able to see are definitely the case. For example, I don't know whether you guys would all agree with this, but actually if you've tried doing the uh, strafe dribble and sprinting out of it, it actually does look noticeably different. You do get much bigger speed boost coming out of the, the LB strafe. And actually I would say look out for this and I'd try it out because I think there's definitely some advantage to be gained using that. The boost you get coming out of that strafe dribble is much more significant than many people would expect and comparing it to you know various skill moves and things it actually seems quite effective so i try it out basically hold lb the easiest way to do it is actually to kind of pump the sprint button so like use the strafe try and draw a player out a bit and then try and go around them seems to work quite well with with quicker players but yeah so in terms of going on about the patch and how people actually have kind of seen this patch and, and what's actually been implemented again we can't really say how big these changes have been and, you know, I found that I've sh missed shots that I probably should have scored, things like that. But it's really hard to tell. And I think one of the big things for me is, and I'd be interested to know what you all think, almost after every single patch where passing isn't mentioned, everyone's like, passing's broken, they're broken passing. It seems to happen every single time a patch comes out, right? And for me, the reason that is the case is because actually passing is really badly affected by delay. Probably, for me, the most affected, apart from maybe dribbling, is quite badly affected by delay. It's amazing how much people's gameplay experience, in my opinion, and I think this is probably accepted by most hardcore players, amazing how much the gameplay experience in terms of connection changes. You know, if you have bad delay or, or don't have delay, it's a massive difference. So something like that, you know, if you come onto a patch, play five games, that five-game spell is in a time when delay is particularly bad but of course because you're thinking about this new patch you're taking apart the gameplay as you play if that makes sense so i think you're much more likely to see the delay having an impact because you're looking for it compared to maybe normally and i certainly think i'm guilty of this but i think we can all kind of agree then that there hasn't been any huge huge changes as a result of this but i think for me i have seen a difference in terms of dribbling and it does feel a bit better can't really say much for shooting but as I said, there is that speed boost LB dribble. Scoldy, were you using the strafe dribble at all in your gameplay? Mm, not so much, no. I've not been using it. It's 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 hard, I would say, in, in this kind of delay kind of meta as well. It's it's not something I use. I would rather use the more like just moving the stick if I'm going to move mm -hmm. around. Uh, but from what you've explained, I've actually not seen so much out of it. But from, from what you're explaining, it sounds like the good old speed boost on FIFA 12. <laughs> Uh, FIFA 13, where you were holding, basically you were holding left trigger and right trigger at the same time, and then move a little bit to the side and just let go, and you you got like unreal pace. So it yeah, actually, you know what is not too dissimilar to that. It's a good point. Yeah, and yeah, that question was from uh, Rydinho who asked about the L1 LB dribble, which yeah, as I said, maybe a bit more effective. So so worth giving a go. Right, other gameplay chat and tips. We're going to talk drop back. That'll probably end up in the extra time podcast, but we have had a lot of questions about overload ball side which has become an increasingly uh, popular tactic it's one of the d-pad options and i suppose what i wanted to ask you especially those coaches amongst us whether you've been implementing it or seen people use it and what to do against it or how to utilize it but chuff have you found much use in it have you tried it yourself Aware of it, hundred percent. But I've not tried it. I was going to toy with it in the weekend, in the weekend league, actually, um, and then I forgot. And I know that when I try and mess around with the buttons, and I'm not uh, practiced with it, I end up losing concentration, lose the ball, and concede. So I just thought, no, this week I was going to try it out, actually, mm. because yeah, there's a lot more talk coming out about it. So um, and I've seen it against me a few times. It's and it's proved effective for the opponents. So especially when I've come up against tougher games, trying to get elite, I've noticed it. Mm. So it's something I definitely wanted to try. And what What does it look like on the pitch for you? 
How do you spot it? For me, it just looked like they're overloading the side where I've, where I've got the ball, which puts me under more mm. pressure. Of, I'm from it from a, from a defensive point of view, and that's just something something I noticed. Mm. And I was just yeah, just I was under more pressure. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that is what what happens when it's applied. I'd actually been using it for quite a while, uh, just as a sort of pressing tactic later on in the game if I wanted to press hard on a, a player in in their third, like whether it's because they're playing it out to their fullback or whatever and you want to push into that corner to pick up the ball. It seemed quite effective for doing that, but I'd never really used it in a sort of low-depth defensive way. But, Dory, you were saying that you've actually been seeing it for a little while, you know, used by pros. Yeah, it was used by pros like I told Scaldi and Scaldi told you already that uh, Lyrics was using it on the first foot cup. So that's back in... I don't know which, but it, it's early on in the season already. So uh, mm. early on in the cycle, people were using it already and they found it very effective. But now this qualifier that just happened uh, this weekend, so 25th and 26th of uh, January, I think from, I have to say this right, we had seven opponents on Saturday and four opponents on Sunday. And from those 11 Guys that we matched, I think two or three didn't use overload ball side. So that's that should give you an indication on how much it's used and how much people are using it. And it's effective. It's effective, but there are ways to counter it. I think that's the reason why he qualified too, because I was uh, watching with Jill in share play, in share play, so he was playing and I was just watching, seeing what he was doing, giving him a little bit of insight on what he does. And uh, the problem with overload ball side is it's very effective when you can pin down one man with the ball on the, on the on the side. But the moment there is one pass to play, it can break down your whole defense. Um, hmm. So overload ball side in general isn't the issue. It's when it's combined with park the bus, uh, drop back or whatever, then it becomes very effective for the person that wants to press that one guy. So say he's on the right side of the pitch with a player uh, in attack and then his opponent would put uh, overload ball side on and he would really try to snap in and snap that ball away from him and he passes it backwards the other side is open and you have acres of space to go uh, to go into so it's just about finding the way to counter it and i think people haven't had not, uh, enough time to actually study it uh, really well to know how to counter it uh, but the moment they do, and I think now we have some time between qualifiers, so I think the pros will get used to it. And mostly after the pros have done something, it will take a few weeks before the casuals do it too. So I think in in about a few weeks, we won't see overload ball side that much anymore because it can be countered. I won't say pretty easy, but it's possible. So from my, from my point of view, I've used it once or twice just to, to try it out see how it works for me in defense uh, and it might be worth for now to put it on when you're defending and put it off when you're uh, when you're attacking and only when you really need to snap the ball away to turn it back on but uh, mm. i think that's like one of the things uh, that should be taken into account yeah that is the interesting thing about it right you can kind of turn it off and on during the game pretty easily which makes it more effective i guess because you might not want it on when you're pressing in your opponent's half, but as soon as you drop back deeper, then you're going to gain a quite a big advantage by being quite deep and having it on because uh, it really closes up the space. One thing I'd say from a sort of countering it perspective, a weekend or so ago, I was playing the 5-3-2, which I shared the tactics and everything in the tactics bank of the Discord and all that kind of stuff. Um, so people have been trying it and finding it quite effective. But I found that against people who play overload ball side. It was only a couple of people I played back then because it wasn't so common. But I was noticing it was really effective because your fullback is in so much space on the far side, even if they're not playing overload ball side. When they're playing overload ball side, it basically the player basically has the freedom of the right, right or left side of the pitch, whichever side they're on. So switching the play is really effective. But I think you need to have a formation where you can switch the play effectively. If they're playing with their fullback, if you're going to play with your fullback on stay back, you don't really have a chance of stopping, uh, of countering the the overload ball side because you just don't have anyone on the other side of the pitch. If you don't have a winger, if you're playing a narrow formation, it's incredibly difficult to play against. And even if you're playing the four-two-three-one narrow, then again you're going to have problems making use of the wide areas which are more available. And actually, what I found a kind of quick way to counter it, 
I was trying this weekend, which kind of works, is you can use hug touch line. It's like a another D-pad instruction. So if you see someone doing it, maybe try hug sidelines, and then your players will move out wider, and uh, you may find some more space. One thing I'd say, Scotty, and I don't know whether this is maybe a bit cheeky, and I'd be interested to know whether you agree with this. I'm always surprised how slow people are at finding ways to counter things. The kind of default position is to complain and then the, say that it's OP rather than find a way of working around it. Well, there is ways around it, but it, it, this is also what differs a really good player from from a mediocre player, I would say, mm-hmm. because the good players will find a way around it relatively quickly because they will use their skill. They, they will be able to see, you know, what's going on in the game and then be able to adapt after that. While the mediocre players, that is basically what we can call a one-trick pony, is that they just keep doing the same thing. Mm over and over again and you know when whenever you know you know whenever you get into this kind of like mindset where where you only have one thing to do and it's just all you know is how to defend uh, then you're going to be limited but while the good players like Tex and all of these players they adapt after what kind of opponent you're playing mm. and they're slowly breaking you down no matter what you're doing yeah. and for example in my case when I was playing now this week and I played a friend or I'm not French I played a Dutch pro as well uh, and what he was doing, he was playing over low ball side. But what I ended up doing was I, I didn't want to go forward because as soon as you go forward, that's, you know, when they park the bus and overload ball side gets really strong. Mm. So what you want to do is you want to hold the ball in your, in your defense line and play it out to the wings. And then you want to do a quick full 45 degrees through ball over to the other side. And, and whenever you get into that kind of position on the wing, you can just take it down and get into a one on one position. And then you got to be quick before his team gathers mm-hmm. up. Yeah, an interesting like side point here is right that I play um, field hockey, so it's a, a sport which is very similar to football in the sense that it has eleven versus eleven. I got into it through Arsenal's community program. So the joke is, despite being a United fan, I was wearing an Arsenal shirt every Saturday, uh, <laughs> much to my uh, frustration. <laughs> but uh, it, hockey is much harder to lift the ball and move it over the top of players. So actually. When I play hockey on the weekend, the tactic we've been using this season is actually overload ball side because it's really <laughs> effective in hockey. It's very hard for teams to get out uh, to the other side. That really isn't the case in football. You should be able to switch the play quite effectively and you just have to make sure you're playing a formation where there are players in that wide area. Um, it's really, really important that you do that if you see someone playing overload ball side. And actually, the other thing that's very useful is being able to play lobbed passes that are flatter by using the RB or R1 modifier. So that'll allow you to get the ball across the pitch quicker. You don't get the big lobbed animation, which often means the defender can come in and head it away. But actually, you've sometimes got so much space, just a through ball will do the job because that player can just run into that space. But yeah, I suppose the take-home point from this discussion is if you detect overload ball side being used, switching the play is super important and finding a formation which you like using, which has proper width, is going to be crucial in uh, stopping that. But from a, I guess, offensive perspective, Chuff, do you reckon you might implement this into your game a bit? I think, yeah, I'm gonna. I was going to play around with it with the triggering it on and off kind of because that's how I've seen it being used. You can put it on and off, on off because again, as you said, it's you learn how to counter it, and if you have it on all the time, then people can counter it. Where you can switch it on and off, at least they're not sure how you're going to be, you know, how you're going to be using it. So I think I am going to give it a try this week just to see if it can see if it can it can help my game just to another you know another string to my bow kind of thing. So if I need it in a situation, I can I can flip it on. But the minute I'm not used to even how to flip it on in, in my head, so I have to look away and think about it. And it does, and that takes you you know. In this one thing I find in this game, concentration, and sometimes I find when streaming, I find it hard to concentrate because I'm just always chatting to people that uh, I take it off for a sp- literally a split second, and I'm in a I've lost position when I'm defending, and I can see the goal. So. I think it's definitely something I'm going to try out. Yeah, and if you listeners have experimented with this, are going to experiment with this, then as always, you know, write us the various different ways at Foot Weekly Pod. If you're in the Discord, in there, or via email, footweekly at mail.com. But I think we're ready to wrap this up. We're going to talk more about drop back. How to beat it and the most effective way to close out a game that isn't drop back because actually a lot of people struggle with drop back to close out a game and i'll be hoping to cover anything that drops at 6 p.m uk on wednesday so if you'd like to get that and all foot weekly bonus podcast content doubling the amount of podcast action that you get each month for just three dollars and of course you've got that twelve thousand fifa point giveaway which to enter you'll need to be signed up before the end of the month 
to enter that. Just go to bit.ly slash podpoints20, bit.ly slash podpoints20. And because of the way Patreon works, you will get charged again on the first of the month. But if you drop me a message, I can check and it will show you've joined within a week before the new month and I'll refund you for January because I don't want people paying twice just for a few days. But it will give you the opportunity to enter that giveaway. So bit.ly slash podpoints20. But enough plugging, it's time to say goodbye, unfortunately. Chuff, huge thanks for making your debut this week. No, thank you for having me. No, pleasure. And you are, as you said, Chuffsters everywhere, right? Yeah, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and you can find there and all details of the charity stream will be on there as well. I love it when it's only one name to plug, eh? Uh, makes it that much yeah, easier nice and easy and uh, Dory where can people find you so uh, people can find me on Instagram with just Mr Dory just like the name on Twitter underscore Mr Dory because we sadly had an imposter taking the other name <laughs> so uh, we had to spice it up a little bit uh, and on Twitch where I stream from time to time to just Mr Dory great well thank you for making your debut really appreciate it thank you for having me and I hope to be on uh, yeah yeah come back soon and Scotty, hopefully that made you feel slightly better after your uh destruction at the hands of japes last oh time. yes a lot better now no devastating loss here versus versus japes today so so that was uh, it was a lot better this time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, appreciate you coming on always a pleasure and of course to you listeners thank you for listening and a huge thanks to foothead to our patrons and to those icon patrons dave b shane w the supreme sumo thomas hunter b martin m chris w matt l anthony r also ran DJ FIFA player, Robbie S, Sam R, Tom B, Cody R, Christopher L, Yannick H, David S, Hugh J, Stephen F, Andrew L M, Jimmy, Craig M, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Mohammed F C, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Alistair, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Jason B D, Adam W, Pobius, Jeff B, Andrew T, Roger D, Dan W, Matt H, Alan M, Savage P, at Pace of a Tortoise, and Sam MG. A huge thanks for keeping this podcast going, and I'll catch you on the next one. great time to get a great deal on a new car when you get approved for an auto loan from PenFed. Our powered by true car rates are as low as 1.39% APR on new vehicles. Finance for a longer term to lower your monthly bill. Plus, take up to 60 days to schedule your first payment. Join PenFed and together we'll keep you moving forward. Anyone can apply. Visit PenFed.org auto or call 1-800-247-5626. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.